This episode of Hit the Ground Running is brought to you by Verizon, the network America relies on. I'm Christina Royster, social media producer at FastCompany.com. And I'm Yasmin Gagne, an associate editor at Fast Company Magazine. And you're listening to Hit the Ground Running, a podcast where we figure out how to navigate the unwritten rules of work and life. Today, we're talking about keeping up appearances and how the pandemic has changed what we wear and how we look. So, Christina, what are you wearing? <laughs> Why would you ask like that? I'm no, trying this- to sound sexy. <laughs> no, work. it is. It is very sexy. What am I wearing? Um, I have on a cute little furry sweater on top, but what you can't see is my uh, cutoff gray sweatpants shorts on bottom and mismatched socks. And that is how I've been doing most of my Zoom meetings these days. <laughs> That's pretty hot. Yes. <laughs> Well, I was asking you today because we're talking about just that. We're basically talking about how the pandemic has changed what we wear and how we look at work. Um, So it sounds like you've gone with the classic outfit mullet. Yes, Um, I have embraced business on top, (laughs) lazy on bottom. (laughs) What about you? What have you been wearing? I'm, you know, today and every day I'm in full grout fit. So it's grand top, grand the bottom. (laughs) Uh, you know, it's funny. I was on a zoom this morning for a meeting with some editors and, uh, Lara, who's another associate editor, fast company slacked me and was like, your hair looks so good today. And I was like, thanks. (laughs) It's dirty. Yes. (laughs) That's the thing, right? Like we can see each other, but we can't necessarily see every hair out of place and odor and everything like that. So (laughs) it's perfectly fine. You know, it's fine. So Two years ago, an article by our coworker, Anissa Purbasari Horton, called The Real Cost of Not Wearing Makeup at Work blew up online. It yeah. went viral. And the gist of the article seemed pretty obvious to me. It's basically that women spend way more money on personal grooming than men, largely because of the higher expectations society places mm-hmm. on our looks. Since the article came out, though, in 2019, the world's changed a lot. For instance, Maybe you've heard there's been a global pandemic. Yeah. Um, I can't believe that article only came out two years ago. Like I know, so man. Strange. Feels like 100 years yeah. ago. And at the beginning of the pandemic, we commissioned a study with the Harris Poll to learn more about grooming habits on Zoom. Yeah, and none of the key findings surprised us at all. Only 55% of women currently working from home due to COVID-19 say they're likely to always or sometimes enable video during video conferences compared to 65% of men. That right there, camera on or off for you, yes. It's camera off as much as I can. (laughs) Also, because I can have snacks. Yeah, I I definitely, <laughs> if I have my camera off, I'm probably eating or multitasking and I just don't want people to see that in their face. But it's not sometimes, that I don't care. It's yeah. that I'm hungry. Yeah. Or most of the time it is about my appearance. If I'm having a crazy hair day, like you're not going to get the camera on. Sorry. Yeah, it's true. That's cystic acne. No, thank <laughs> you. But also some other findings were that 39% of women disable the video feature during virtual work meetings because they don't like the way they look at the moment. Compare that to just 25% of men. So I guess men... Classic. I'm not trying to throw men under the bus, but it sounds like men don't care as much as we do about appearance. Are you surprised? 
You sound not surprised. Really. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, that that thing about how much money we spend on beauty that really hits home because when I think about you know I get my hair done it costs a hundred dollars a haircut's like thirty I'm like <laughs> this is <Yeah>. crazy sometimes <laughs> apparently some people do care about their appearance because makeup sales have gone up so Sephora's online sales were actually up thirty percent in 2020 while in China revenues for other beauty industry retailers including Amazon rose twenty to thirty percent. So it's kind of like we care and we don't. Like we're still buying makeup products, I guess. <laughs> Are you? I definitely have refreshed my makeup in the past year. Totally. What's been your best find? Um, I definitely love a good mascara. So I've gotten some Fenty mascara, some Lancome mascara, not to plug certain brands, but mascara, I just feel like a little bit can go a long way. If I have no makeup on versus a little mascara and brows, that gets the job done on Zoom sometimes. <laughs> I like that. All right. Maybe I got to start using some. Just a little bit. <laughs> anyway, we decided we should talk to an adult about all this stuff. Yeah, um, someone so we, with a little experience. <laughs> yeah. We're not children, but we're kind of children, right? We're still um, learning. So we talked to our colleague, Kate Davis, about all this in more depth. Kate is the deputy editor of FastCompany.com and the host of The New Way We Work. She's been covering work life for a while now, so we figured she could help us make sense of all this. All right. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to see you virtually. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this show. Yeah. So today we're talking all about our appearance on Zoom. And so I want to start by asking you, how have your feelings about your appearance changed um, <laughs> now that we are a year into the pandemic and, you know, your background, what you're wearing? Let's start there. Like, how, how do you feel about your appearance nowadays? It's so funny because the three of us have been having this kind of ongoing conversation, right? And we, I feel like we were all leaning towards this, like letting yourself go camp, yes. which I am <laughs> firmly in, but I think there are two camps. I think there's like the let yourself go. It's a pandemic. I mean, that's how I've been. So I, I kind of had like a, a little bit unique situation because I was on maternity leave right before uh, the pandemic happened. So I was already letting myself go. So it was a very like smooth, like I hadn't dyed my hair in a very long time. So I just gave up dyeing my hair. I was already like wearing comfortable clothes. So I just kind of continued. I don't know. I feel like for some people that's kind of been like, it's been this freeing, like you're not in the office. You don't have to care as much what you look like. But then I think there's kind of the other extreme, right? Yeah. So before all of this, were you, you know, taking the time in the morning to do hair and makeup before work when we were going into the office? Well, it's like this idea of what's professional, which we've talked about, you know, in, in various different mm -hmm. places for a woman. And I and I'd love to hear what like you guys think about it. And especially and I think maybe that's where that other camp falls. Right. Of like. I have to look at myself all the time now. And like everybody mm -hmm. else is looking yeah. at me so much more in my face than when you're in a meeting. And so you feel like even more pressure to wear makeup and to like look a certain way. I, I don't know. For me, it's been like the being at home part makes the, I don't know, makes it feel like not the same as being in the office. Like it, it would have been a big deal for me to go into the office without makeup on or into the office wearing totally. jeans or, you know, like not kind of dressed up, but it, it just, it feels so much different. And it's, but it's interesting. 
I think how much I've noticed the men at our company letting themselves mm. go a bit more than the women <laughs> at our company. How, how have you guys felt about like wearing makeup and being quote unquote professional and presentable and all that? It's, it's funny. I feel like in some ways I've had the opposite experience from you in the sense that like I wear more makeup now than I ever did in the office because I'm staring at mm. my face all day mm -hmm. and it makes me feel so anxious. You know, thinking back on my pandemic purchases, like that's what it is. I'm, you know, wearing, I'm wearing a grout fit right now. Like it's gray on top. Great. What's it's, a, it's, it's gray sweatpants on top, <laughs> gray sweatpants on the bottom. Like no one's trying here. Oh, like but. grout, like grout. <laughs> is that like from that Marvel movie? What's a grout no. fit? <laughs> I don't it's just know. gray. I've never. Was, I, yeah, think you're like a, I think you're coining that term, <laughs> unless I'm just like totally out of it. A grout, a grout fit coined I here. Never heard that it's a gray outfit. It's our it producer saying it's I... a gray outfit, Kate. <laughs> a grout yeah. fit. Okay. Yeah, Josh right. knows. Okay. Okay. Josh okay. Knows. okay. <laughs> but I, I am wearing. I mean, I don't wear much makeup, but like I am wearing a little bit today. Whereas actually, when I went to the office, I I never wore makeup. So is your calculus just because you feel like people are seeing your face more because you have like literally have a camera in your face? You know, this is going to sound bad and I don't want to, I like don't want to admit this about myself, but it's like not even. It's a safe space. No one's listening. It's not even. <laughs> yes. Hopefully someone's listening, guys. Welcome to our safe, first episode. It's, it's, it's the first episode. Space. We don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get real because we could talk about how some days I just don't wear deodorant because I'm home alone. I have made the transition to natural <laughs> deodorant during this time. And let me tell you, it was tough and not necessarily effective. <laughs> See, it's so weird because I put on perfume before this because I'm like, now I feel fancy. <laughs> like, it doesn't mm -hmm. like who's smelling me, but I feel fancy. The That's things funny. you like do for yourself sometimes. Yeah. But you no, were saying my, my thing is like, it's not. It's not about people like seeing me. It's not, you know, if I go to an edit meeting, it's not about people seeing me. It's like, I'm like a very self-conscious person generally, I think. And I, sometimes I look at myself on Zoom and I'm like, did my, did my nose always look like that? Like, see, I think, <laughs> I think the secret is, and I guess this is another part of it that we should talk about is like not looking at yourself like that's my <laughs> my secret yeah. to not being self-conscious is I like tab away from even if I have my camera on I tab away because I don't want to look at myself or you have the grid view instead of the speaker view if I'm presenting in a meeting like I don't want to see my giant face filling the screen or the calculus of like when you turn your camera off like when do you guys have a calculus of like when you turn your cameras off yeah I was gonna say for me personally I never really had time to do my makeup and everything like that before I commuted because I had a long commute into the office. So some days it was literally like, okay, either I'm going to eat breakfast or do my makeup. I can't do both. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was definitely self-conscious about the way I looked because of the fact that I am a plus size woman. I'm about a size 14, 16. So I always took into account, like, is this professional enough or is this hugging my curves too much? And now I'm glad that I don't have to worry about that because as you said, I'm pretty much wearing my grout fit every day. <laughs> and um, as far as makeup, you know, I never really felt the need for it in the office. But there were certain times where I would put makeup on if I was going to a happy hour afterwards or something like that. So now I feel like really more confident 
that I don't have to do all this stuff and like nobody's really judging me. I mean, there are times where I'll say like, okay, let me put a real shirt on. You know how you have your real shirts versus sweatshirt? Yeah. Let me put a real shirt on because I have to be on camera during this meeting. But for the most part, I have definitely been in the camp of letting myself go. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's a great byproduct of the pandemic. Like maybe it kind of starts to level the playing field. I mean, I hate to make it about gender all the time, but I feel like this is a huge gender issue yeah. where, you know, it's when you talk about like the the cost of wearing makeup, which our colleague and my former co-host of of Secrets of the Most Productive People, Anissa Purposarvi Horton, wrote an article, The Cost of Wearing Makeup in the Office. And yeah, like she she wrote about one, like the financial cost, like how much money. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it's like you yeah. you touched on that, like how much money you're spending on beauty, hair dye. I don't know. I don't even know everything. Waxes, everything. everything. And then like the the time cost that you said, Christina, of like yeah. how much of your life is spent like putting makeup on. And- Let's talk about it because I have natural hair, but it's not like I just roll out of bed in the morning. Like <laughs> as a black woman, every little strand of hair has to be put in place. And so it would take me like an hour or two hours to do my hair if I was doing something, if I had an event or something to go to. So even now though, I am still self-conscious, you know, getting on Zoom, like I want to make sure every hair is in well, place. Well, that's an interesting thing. I'd love to hear you talk about that too, of, of you know, on, on uh, The New Way We Work, we had Dr. Courtney McClooney came on and she was talking about code switching. And she talked about, especially mm-hmm. black women. And like during the pandemic, when like everything was shut down, like, what do you do with your hair? And like, do you look this whole idea of like, and I keep I doing like air quotes of like professional, like being professional and how yeah. you're perceived, like, how have you felt it's different? Like being a black woman and like being on Zoom and looking a certain way. Yeah, there have been so many times where I felt like my hair looked a mess, but like, that's my natural state. Like having my hair in a protective Mm -hmm. style, like twist or something like that. I would never, ever go to the office with my hair in twist, you know, but now that I'm online, I'm in my comfort zone. I feel like, okay, here I am. This is me. And as you said, I can turn off the camera if need be, but I do feel like if I turn off my camera in certain meetings, people are going to question why. And maybe that's just my anxiety. (laughs) Maybe I just think people are thinking about me when they're really not. But I do feel like a little bit of pressure as a black woman. Like I always want to be present. I want people to think that I'm being productive. So I need to have my camera on to like show that I'm not just sitting here multitasking, you know? So there is a little bit of added pressure. Definitely. Yeah. I think there. well, that's interesting too. Cause there's like a calculus right in, and maybe this is a little bit in like where you are in your career or who's in the meeting with you with the, like your bosses in the meeting versus, you know, colleagues you're more comfortable with of like how you feel. I mean, I certainly have a calculus where I look at my meeting schedule. I'm like, OK, I guess I should wear makeup this day. Like there's literally yeah, like yeah. the like handful <laughs> of days a month that I'm like, I should put on a presentable top and wear makeup and have my camera on and have it be quiet and whatever. And like, oh, these are the meetings that like I feel comfortable enough. I'm this far in my career and have worked here for a while that like I don't feel self-conscious or feel like people will think I'm slacking if I turn the camera off or like look whatever way or whatever. But do you? Yeah, I feel like tenure is definitely a part of it, too, because I only had like three or four months under my belt at Fast Company before we started working from home. So some people have literally not met me at all in person and they've never seen my face. And then, you know, as a young person, 
this is kind of one of my first full-time jobs. I feel like I do have to prove myself and, you know, show that I'm hardworking. So that's why I feel like I have to keep my camera on, so to speak. But yeah, what were you going to say? No, I don't know. It's funny. I feel like tenure is a really big part of this conversation. So, you know, pre-pandemic when I was in the office, I think, you know how we have our most creative people issue, MCP? Mm-hmm. I would say I'm a, I'm an MCD at Fast Company, most casual dresser. <laughs> and um, I, a big part of it for me was always like, I, I need to be comfortable. Like I get bloated all the time, but especially when I'm writing, I'm like, I will wear baggy jeans to the office because I can just do my work better than wearing skinny jeans. And sometimes I felt bad about it, but now it's like every day in your grout in, fit. No, I, yeah, but I am wearing a grout fit. Here's the secret to adulthood in life. I think that like, and I think everybody like intrinsically knows it. Like nobody's paying attention to you. Like we did, like we did an article, I forget who wrote it about, it was like an experiment. And I think our our editor in chief participated in it. It was like a couple of women in the office wore the same thing every day for like a month to see and like to see if anybody would, and literally nobody noticed, like nobody's looking at you. Nobody's noticing. Like when, yes, when you just said like you were the most casual dresser, I'm like, really? What did you ever wear in the (laughs) office? And I'm like literally trying to remember anything you ever wore. Like, I just, you don't pay attention. Like, yeah. no one's paying attention to you. And, like, I did an experiment actually, like, related to the no makeup thing years and years ago. I was like, I'm going to not wear makeup for a month. And it was, like, so anxiety-producing for me. And, like, yeah. and I was interviewing people at the time. And I remember I'm like, oh, what are they going to think of me? And I thought, my, my and I was like, how messed up is it, though, that I think my face is unprofessional? Like, I thought it was unprofessional to not wear yeah, makeup. Yeah. And I'm like, I say, I think the face that I have is unprofessional. Like, again no man has ever thought his face looks unprofessional, but That's like deep. nobody noticed. Nobody cared like, that I didn't wear makeup. Nobody ever and said anything, you know? Yeah. Nobody cares. Going back to the gender thing. I definitely thought at times like, man, I wish I could just go to the office with jeans and a sweatshirt. Like we have a pretty casual, you know, dress code at you Fast Company, but I just always thought like, I wouldn't take it that far. I wouldn't just show up here in a sweatshirt and jeans. Whereas you're right. Our male counterparts don't even think about that. Like it would be unprofessional of me to just wear like leggings and a t-shirt to the office. I've had a, a lengthy discussion with one of our editors who I won't name about if overalls are perfect, are appropriate work attire. <laughs> I think if you wear them with confidence, <laughs> yeah, right, it's fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I think so. I mean, it's just like wearing jeans. I I used to even there's certain nuances like I would wear jeans to the office, but not jeans with holes. You know, like I wouldn't do that. But That's I do I it. do think that, and I'd, I'd love to hear what you guys think about it because you're a bit like you know, Christina. You said you'd only been at Fast Company for a few months before you started, and yes, you've been there longer, but you're you're both much earlier in your careers than I am. About like, do you? F- feel like you can get a get away with being more casual later on like do you feel like you have to prove yourself more and your appearance is part of that earlier in your career yeah I actually was about to bring this up earlier which is it's a it's almost less about clothes to me although sometimes it is and it is about makeup so I'm 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 28 very soon but I've been told by many people in the office and who I've interviewed that, that like, honestly, I look about 19 
a lot of the time. <laughs> and I know it. And to be honest, like, yeah, I am always wearing baggy jeans and like have my hair up. I get it. But I do get self-conscious about it when I'm interviewing other people, you know, interview CEOs or entertainers who've been surprised that I'm not a random intern or, um, uh-huh. and, and so sometimes like wearing makeup is a way to protect myself against that, I guess. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, this is something that Anissa kind of touched on in her article. I I have been in situations where like I've worn, I have found that it's like when I've worn makeup or a dress or whatever, and like, maybe I get hit on or maybe people take me less seriously, you know? So then I never know which side mm-hmm. to come down on. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing a long Q and a for the magazine, you're meeting somebody. I feel like I'm always thinking in terms of extremes. I'm like, am I wearing Converse and glasses meeting or am I wearing like a nice dress and, you know, some loafers or whatever. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I still haven't figured out what the, how, how to do it. Um, that said, in terms of that problem, I think Zoom has helped um, because people are not looking at mm-hmm. your body. You know what I mean? And your yeah. face looks kind of different. That, that's such a big thing. Yeah. Of like being taken seriously and like a big calculus of like what goes into being taken seriously and professional and young. And and then it's it's I don't know what what women get. Do we get like a five year window or something? Because if you're like in your <laughs> 20s, you're afraid of like being viewed as too young. And then if you're in your forties or late thirties, you're like too old or something. I don't know. We get like maybe six months where we're like the right age. I don't know. (laughs) For me, it was like, as soon as I started a fast company, I said, okay, I got to take myself to the mall and buy some work clothes. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I have like my play clothes and my work. What did you buy out of interest? I would go to stores and get like slacks, cardigans, some little button up shirts, some little comfortable loafer type shoes. Just basically anything because... like Ann Taylor, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> New York and yep. company, rest in yep. peace. <laughs> I was there a lot. And so then over the course of my first couple of weeks, I started realizing that my peers were not dressing like me. And I was like, okay, I can bring it down a notch. Like there were some people who would come in the office with a three-piece suit. You know what I'm talking about? Who would just wear a suit like every day, David. And then there are some people who would wear like leggings and Uggs. And I was like, okay, I have to find my middle ground because I still want people to think that I care, you know? But um, as far as like professionality, I don't really know where this came from, this idea even came from, I guess, college, parents, just everybody around you, older than you, telling you, like, this is how you're supposed to show up to work. And, you know, you want people to think that you care and you take your job seriously. And the best way to do that is through your appearance, I guess. Growing up, I'm curious about this. Did you guys ever watch shows and think, like, you know, this is what a workplace is and this is how I should dress? Yes. Yes, exactly. Who were your models? Probably, I mean, this is going to really age me, but like True Jackson VP, like <laughs> Kiki Palmer on Nickelodeon when she got her first little like marketing job and briefcases and blouses. I was like, okay, that's how I'm going to dress when I grow up. And then this whole thing about like business casual started to come into play. And I was like, how casual are we talking? Well, there was like the the old school view of like professional women with like um, you know, like Murphy Brown and like shoulder pads. And then you wear your like <laughs> sneakers and you change into your heels when you get in the office. Yes. But like we've written a lot about 
like sussing out the company culture by like what people wear. And you like, you dress up, you, we always advise people like you dress up more for the interview, but then you like peep what's going on around to like know how casual or dressed up you can be for the office. But then there's also that old adage, right? Of like dress for the job you want, not the job you have. And so, and I think we've, mm-hmm. we've done some stories about that too, of like, well, power dressing or like dressing to feel more. And I think like both of you kind of touched on that a little bit of like the dressing to feel more professional or feel more taken seriously or whatever, even if it's not like what's needed. Do either of you have like a piece of clothing that is that like power dressing thing or like, you know, is that kind of dress for the job you want? What is it? Hmm. Not really. I guess just like I said, my cardigans and my slacks, you know, I don't even have like a nice blazer or anything. Um, uh, kind of the opposite of you, yes. I haven't bought new clothes in like a year. <laughs> I've just been wearing what I have, and so my oh, I've only wore, I've only bought like oh makeup. makeup okay, grout <laughs> fit over here. My closet is a graveyard of clothes I probably never wear again, right? Because it's all like my work clothes, and that I'm, I'm like, where am I ever going to wear these things? But I have the like, I'm such a creature of habit where I have like, this is my panel dress. Like when I moderate a panel, I wear this one red dress, mm-hmm. and then if I have to do two panels, I have the backup dress. And like, wait, if it's describe cold weather, describe the dress. What's it? What, it's what like does a, the dress look like? A red A line, like sleeveless dress. I don't know. I've seen it. Yeah, see? You already know. (laughs) The power dress. You already know. And then now for Zoom, it doesn't look the same. Like you can't wear the dress because you're cut off. So then I have to have like my panel moderation Zoom blouses. And I think I read recently that like, or maybe one of you told me where it was like sales of tops have gone up. Mm -hmm. Like nobody cares. You're wearing like sweatpants on the bottom, but then you wear like a professional, you know, thing on the totally. top but I, it's the it's like the outfit mullet yeah <laughs> yeah but well okay so here's the other thing that we haven't talked about when we're talking about like professional appearance and zoom especially is like your background and what's behind you right I was just gonna say for me I have the most anxiety about my background because of the fact that I'm 25 living at my mother's house you never know what's going on behind me. It could be my brother. It could be my mom. And I just feel like, oh, now everybody knows that I live with my mom. I don't have my own space. What's on the wall? Like just all types of fears and anxiety. That's interesting. But you, at the same time, you don't like blur your background or anything. That's almost more distracting. No, that's true. Is it? I don't, I don't know. know. When people, it's funny, like when people have a blurred background or like one of the fake backgrounds, I'm always like, what are you trying to hide? <laughs> like, <laughs> like you spend the time like trying to figure out what's really back there. But no, I mean, that's, that's a, big thing, right? Of like, you're in everybody's house. And I don't know, I feel like it can cause a lot of like, economic anxiety too. Mm -hmm. you know, like every, you know, that more senior people are further along, have houses, have whatever. But, you know, when you're living with roommates, or you have a, you know, whatever situation behind you, aren't you like more anxious about like, how, I mean, talk about professional and unprofessional if you have, you know, a pile of dirty laundry behind you or like me, I I think I've brought this up a lot of times, (laughs) but I really like realized how untenable my living situation was um, when I was in New York and still in in our apartment of, I was doing a keynote address. One of the people from our video team is like, Kate, can you cover up that 
a pipe with a chipped paint behind you. Like, do you have a big potted plant? And I'm like, no, I don't have a big potted plant. And oh like, my I can gosh. see your son's crib. I'm like, this is the only space I have. But right. Yeah. Before living here at my mom's house, I had a studio apartment and I just felt like now everybody knows I live in this tiny box. <laughs> like Nobody knew where I lived before. And also, this is so silly, but when people have like nice, big, robust bookshelves, I feel some type mm-hmm. of way because I'm like, I don't have a book, a plant, nothing. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of like things you feel like you have to prove about yourself, right? Like, oh, I'm an intellectual. I have wall floor to ceiling bookcases yeah. and potted plants. And and yeah, it's a it's a whole different level of being professional. Yeah. All on this tiny little screen. Thanks a lot, Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, let's talk about the future. This episode of Hit the Ground Running is brought to you by Verizon, the network you can rely on for your phone and for your home internet. Find the plan that's right for you at verizon.com. So now I kind of want to look to the future. What do you guys think needs to change? And what do you think needs to stay? Like, is there anything about this lifestyle that we think should kind of keep going? And this is kind of an interesting one because both of you, I think, are working fully remote from now on, right? For me, what I think needs to stay, and I've been saying this since the beginning of the pandemic, is I would love for it to be a loosening of the beauty standards for women. Like, I would love for us to be able, and I know, yeah, as you're saying that you like bought more makeup and you felt like you had to like lean into it more, but I would love for it to loosen that to, for us to like be able to reclaim our getting ready time in the morning and for women's natural faces to become more normalized and gray hair to be okay. And, and just these like these kind of impossible beauty standards that have like sapped our, our energy to go away. (laughs) I like that. I, you know, I'm talking to you with my, um, motion smooth at my my face smoothing setting on zoom so i don't really have a leg to stand on wait wait stop everything there's a face smoothing setting on yeah zoom? it makes you look better my like i never i, used I it. mean i have a small amount i never I knew like this a existed. very small amount of makeup on but also this zoom setting makes it look like my skin wow. is even toned so see i'm like i'm like let's abolish beauty standards and then i'm like stop right. everything i can smooth my face yeah, i so don't have zoom. a leg to stand on here because i am i am i am the problem like i am part of the problem i didn't know that existed yeah well you'll give me a tutorial on how to smooth my zoom face i heard about it from our editor-in-chief <laughs> Dur- during a print meeting she brought it up and i was like oh shit <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Well, I'll have to figure that out. Well, for me, I definitely would like for all bras to be banned. We don't ever have to bring them back. If we could just keep bras and heels out the picture. But on a serious note, I agree with Kate. I really do hope that we're a little more lenient towards women, just dressing more casually, not always being put together. It's okay if we don't want to show face, you know? And also, one of my fears is that this whole issue has kind of made people a little more self-conscious. And I am worried about the mental health aspect, how people feel about themselves. Um, because, you know, there, I mean, beginning of quarantine, I had fun, you know, eating snacks, lounging around. But then a couple months in, I was like, okay, like I'm putting on some weight. Like I don't feel good about myself. So I do hope that people are taking care of themselves mentally and not letting all of this weigh on them. What do you guys think you know, needs to go. Is there anything about this lifestyle where you're just like this, I can't do this anymore. I know for me personally, 
And, and I, I will say this, this is like a me. It's a hell of my own creation. There is no work-life boundary. <laughs> like I am talking to people at like seven in the morning and I am talking to people at one in the morning and I am like just working mm. all the time. And it's partly because then like, it's like our schedules have been turned around, right? So maybe you take like an extra break in the morning, but then you're working really late or like the knock on effect of, you know, in the past, if I worked super late, I still had to get up pretty early and make it to work. But now it's like, I work super late. And then I get up at like 8.45 and like put work clothes on and start working at nine. And like, it's like this knock on effect. Do you, I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I mean, we, and we've written about that too of like that there's a, I mean, and that's the biggest downside always to remote work is that there's like a blurring of work and personal and that you're working where you live and that you're, you never kind of can like shut the door and leave mm -hmm. like you can, you know, in a physical office. Yeah, I think that 100% needs, I mean, that's something that we, we don't need to wait to address that, right? Like we can set those boundaries, start to set those boundaries now and should. I hope and I wonder if the flip side of that coin is that like now that everybody's been in our personal lives, you know, and, and one of our, our editors said that she never thought about herself as a mother until the pandemic happened because she could separate mm -hmm. that part of her life. And like as a professional woman, sometimes you do to be taken seriously on the other like side of that coin. Mm. But like you can't now when you're struggling with all of that. It, it would be nice if if that continues, yeah. if the like the transparency into I don't need to hide this part of my life, these things I'm struggling with, the like um, the fact that I need more flexibility during the day or whatever, that that can remain. But yeah, that that burnout, work life blur, all hours, everything goes sort of thing. Yeah, that that needs to be remedied for sure. I'm curious, you know, as two people who are so to give some background to our listeners, you don't really know us. Um, you don't know us. You think you do, but you don't. Kate moved from Park Slope, Brooklyn. Is yes. that correct? Yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> to Ann Arbor, Michigan. That's right. During yeah. the pandemic. And Christina is now sort of officially living in Jersey where she's from and working from home full time. So both of them are remote employees. But I'm I'm curious, you know, as we, as some of us, aka me, yeah. go back to the office, how do you think about this kind of hybrid work? workplace. I know um, Julia Herbs, who edits our work-life section, did a really wonderful story about kind of GitLab, which is a mostly remote company, um, and how they handle it. But do you guys have thoughts? You know, our employees and coworkers who are going to be staying home, I feel like they're going to have a little more empathy and sympathy because before the pandemic, I remember sitting in hybrid meetings where remote workers, they had to call into Zoom. I didn't even know what Zoom was at the time. Now look at me. <laughs> but they had to call in and it was kind of like, oh, well, you're not here, so you don't get to be a part of it. And now I feel like that remote workers will, you know, be more in included in things because of the fact that we've all had to be in there, kind of be in their shoes a little bit. So I am hopeful that it will go a lot more smoothly. Yeah. And that's, that's actually, um, I took a course, a GitLab course on remote work management for Recommender. Um, I found it really interesting when they talked about hybrid meetings, because I remember that we've always had a, a handful of employees that have been remote. We have, you know, a, a lot of people on the West coast and 
I beforehand, uh, before the pandemic would work from home like a couple days a week, but I would always arrange my schedule. So my meetings would be the days I was in the office because I knew how horrible it was to call into a meeting. It was exactly. like one little yeah. microphone in the middle of the conference room table and like you couldn't hear anybody and nobody could hear you. And GitLab actually does it where like their recommendation was that when you're in a conference room, all of the in-person people should still be on Zoom with their laptops in front of them so that everybody's on a level playing field. So all the remote people can see you and hear you just the same. Even though you're sitting next to somebody, you're still like communicating with them through Zoom, which sounds a little like dystopian. That's but really also unique. Like, yeah, the future is now. But, I mean, but also like a way to level the playing field, right? I mean, I think we're really going to do ourselves a disservice if we try to replicate 2019 when we go back to the office, you know? It's interesting. I, th- I feel like Kate, well, it's not, I feel like I know out of the three of us, Kate, you are the person with hiring and firing power. So first of all, I need to be nice to you. But second of all, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I can direct, directly hire. And but, fire but secondly, you. you know, I'm curious, like whether this kind of new situation where maybe more people are working remote has changed anything when it comes to like accessibility in the workplace has changed anything when it comes to who we can interview for jobs. I mean, how do you think about that? I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit biased since I moved away. You know, I think that remote work is totally feasible, you know, and we've written about it, too, about how like this really opens up the talent pool to anywhere. Like we were so limited, especially in media becomes this kind of like in club where you have to have these connections, but you also have to live in the most expensive city in the entire country and to try to get like an entry level job. I don't see why not why you can't hire somebody remotely. And the the big challenge there is like onboarding and starting in a new company remotely. I mean, like, Christina, you said you'd you'd only been at Fast Company for a few months. And I'd love to hear like how if you found it hard to like feel a part of the company Mm -hmm. when you're not there. But, you know, we we've have a couple of people that started like right when the pandemic hit slash after. And yeah, I think there's a big learning curve to be able to like feel a part of the company culture. But I think that there's no reason to limit, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a burden that's on management. That shouldn't be a burden that's on an employee or be a reason to not hire somebody. Yeah. My situation is actually like so ironic. When I, when I first got hired at Fast Company, I was living like far away, like three hours away. I had a crazy commute, but I wanted the job. I was hungry. So I took it. And then I was like, okay, I need to move closer. So I moved to North Jersey to, you know, be right across the bridge and to be able to get into New York City. But then we got sent home. So I, it's like I moved my whole life and everything for the job just to go back home. So after my lease was up, moved back in with my mom in South Jersey. And for me, this has really been a blessing because now I'm able to save some money, not commuting, not paying rent, you know, and as an entry level employee, that's really important. So I think that it has been great. And I do think that it will open the doors for, you know, more outside people who aren't in the New York metropolitan area to be able to work wherever they want. Yeah, I like that. And another thing to point. Oh, go ahead. No, all you. Okay, I was going to say like another thing to point out is just the fact that I feel like I am the same 
productivity wise or even more productive at home. So I think this whole thing has just proven that I can do my job from home. And that's why I did talk to my manager about working from home indefinitely because it's been working for me and I don't really see a need to go in. So I mean, sometimes you do miss that serendipity and just meeting people in the hallway. And to your point, Kate, you know, I didn't get to meet a lot of people when I first started. I kind of stayed in my bubble. So I do miss that aspect of it. But, you know, this is definitely proven like everything could just be an email. <laughs> I mean, that's that's the thing is like when a remote culture works, it's a results based culture rather than like a FaceTime based culture. And and, you know, hopefully, yes, we can sort that out for you that it's like more so that you don't have to like. I mean, I think there's a pressure when you're in the office of like you feel like a slacker if you leave at five or if you come in late or whatever. Yeah. And, and there's a little bit on on Slack because, you know, like you're you're on or you're not or like, oh, my God, I have to reply to a Slack message as soon as it's sent. But hopefully in a remote work culture, you're more you know, it's more of like what work you get done rather than like how many time, you know, how many hours you're sitting in front of your computer. So I mostly write for the print magazine or edit for the print magazine. And you know, what that means is like a lot of the work is like kind of autonomous. I'll get assigned something and it'll be due in like two weeks or whatever it is. And I go out and do the reporting and write it on my own and hand it in by the due date. And when you're in the office, I feel like there's this amount of like, you can talk about it with your editor and people can see you're working. Like people can literally see you taking phone calls or making notes. But I know, especially at the beginning of the pandemic, I was really stressed out about like, I haven't slacked like any of my bosses. Like I've, I, I know I've been working through this whole day, but like I haven't slacked anyone. So no one else knows it. So maybe people think that I am like eating a lot of snacks and like watching bad TV. And it's like, no, I'm doing that later. Um, not during my work day. Mm. <laughs> but it's like Slack is now like participation in Slack is the new version of FaceTime of the new version of like being seen in the office is like proving yes, that you're- I yeah, totally I, agree. I guess maybe some of that also comes with tenure and also comes with like feeling comfortable in, in your position and and like secure that, in, which is hard when you're early in your career. And it's also hard if you're new in a job too. Like how do you prove, you know, if you have autonomous work, how do you prove that you're working on it until it gets turned in? Like all of those days and hours that you're working on it silently by yourself and no one can see you and they don't know if you're just like sitting and watching Netflix or actually but doing your work. Yeah. At the same time, I think it kind of goes back to something you said earlier about what we were wearing, which is like, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I'm like, no, one, I mean, everybody's so Truly, busy. No like, one's like, I guarantee no one has been like, what is Yaz doing right now? I bet she's not. I bet she's not working. I bet she's eating yeah, a snack. It's like, I, no I one's never like, think you know, wondering. my coworkers that way. So why would they be thinking about me all the time? Um, you know, I know yeah. this is something that I think about a lot. I remember my dad said this to me, which is like, you know, when I'm at work or in a meeting or whatever, and I say something really dumb, which happens all the time. And then I'll spend like the rest of the day being like, oh, why did I say that? What do they think of me? Like, this, this is horrible. But like, but like the, the, the thing I is mean, that's like humans, everybody, I like don't remember that. Yeah. a single thing said in some meetings, not that they're not important, but like, <laughs> I just go same. back to my work and like check my email and move on. I mean, that's the thing is like somebody else says something dumb in a meeting and you don't even it doesn't even yeah. register with you. But you're thinking of like the thing that you think that you said that was dumb or. Yeah. yeah, I mean that I'm sorry to say that 
kind of never goes away. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I feel like you'd have to be I I feel like you have to be a little bit of like an egomaniac to like never be self-conscious, to like never worry about sounding dumb or or you know, interrupting too much. That's what I worry about that I like interrupt too much or that I'm not a good listener or that I mean everybody has has insecurities like that. But but yeah, I think it's a good like mantra to repeat to yourself all the time. It's like nobody cares. Nobody's paying <laughs> no attention. Nobody's wondering what you're doing. No one cares what you look like, you know. Which isn't to belittle the fact that there is a there there is an unfair toll yeah. for for women, especially with like appearance standards and professionalism standards and being taken seriously. And and that's all very real. But yeah, the like the beating ourselves up that we do about like, oh, how did I look? And does, does my nose look funny? Yeah. Like you said, like, you know, like nobody's ever I had I was on a Zoom, like a a, a friend chat Zoom the other day with with two other women who are like my age. And the one does a lot of um, like panels and things like that. And she goes, so I realized my eyebrows are shaped differently. Yeah, I think about this like, all the time. Yeah. Like, But we're like, what the hell are we? T- are you talking about? And she shared her screen and like highlighted, like circled on it. She's like, see, in this one, see my eyebrow in this one and see my <laughs> eyebrow in this one. I'm like, oh my God, Rory, nobody is looking. Like nobody is paying attention to that. So yeah. That's what I meant by like, I think we're all just paying too much attention to ourselves now. Like sometimes on Zoom, I just look at myself. I don't even look at other people. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I really look like this. So I think the weirdest thing for me was realizing like, it's like I've seen myself in pictures enough. Like I'm a like person on social media, but realizing I talk out of one side of my mouth a fair amount was like really rough for me. (laughs) I feel like not to step on your social media toes, Christina, but I feel like it would be like a really great um, Twitter poll of like, what is the weird or just like people to tweet? Like, what is the weird thing about your face that you've noticed in the the pandemic? Like eyebrows differently talking out of one side of your face. Yeah, that's a good poll. My thing is blinking. Apparently, I blink a lot. See, nobody notices. No one cares. No one cares. (laughs) No, that's exactly what we want to leave our listeners with, (laughs) that nobody's paying as much attention to you as you think. (laughs) Well, Kate, thank you so much for speaking with us. Where can people follow you, find your podcast, all that stuff? Oh, guys, thanks so much. I'm so happy and excited for this show. I'm at on Twitter at Kathleen E. Davis. um, And my podcast is The New Way We Work, which is available on FastCompany.com or Apple or any of those podcast places. But yeah. Thank you guys so much. This is such a fun conversation and this show is so fantastic. Thanks, Kate. So before we go, we've got one last segment we'll be doing every episode called Keeping Tabs. Christina, what have you been keeping tabs on? This week, I'm keeping tabs on, you know, visual and digital digital artists, kind of like trying to figure out posters and prints to liven up my space. Um, since we talked about Zoom backgrounds, I definitely am interested in upping my interior design. So I've been looking at some artists online like Jade Purple Brown. She creates really colorful, fun artwork that I think, you know, is pretty affordable for people our age. And it'll definitely spice up my uh, background so I can have something a little more interesting. (laughs) But what about you? What are you keeping tabs on? Um, So I've got two things. Um, I love this Twitter account called Liminal Spaces. The handle is at Mm. space liminal bot. I don't know if it's a bot behind it or not, 
<laughs> but it actually, I, I just love scrolling through it whenever I'm stressed out. It basically has like soothing pictures of these like empty in between spaces, like serene hotel corridors Ooh. or like rooms with very moody lighting. Um, but they're kind of surprising and cool. I feel like one of my favorite movies is Lost in Translation. I know I'm 15 at heart. And um, I feel like if Lost <laughs> in Translation was a Twitter account, it would be Liminal Spaces. The second thing I want to recommend actually is um, the movie Promising Young Woman. It's I think it's out on Amazon Video On Demand. Um, it just got nominated for a whole bunch of Oscars. But um, this time last year, uh, I interviewed the movie's director, Emerald Fennell, and... Um, just like her movie, she is so insightful and so funny. I just hope everybody goes and watches it. All right. So that's who we're keeping tabs on. We will put the links in the show notes and let us know who you're keeping tabs on by tweeting at me. My Twitter handle is Miss Chris D. And me, uh, my Twitter handle is at Yasmin Gagne with the hashtag HTGR. Thanks for listening to Hit the Ground Running. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and recommend this show to a colleague or a friend. Also, if you have a few minutes, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We are a new show, and your review helps others find us. Or you can send us an email at podcast at fastcompany.com. So let us know your thoughts and tell us if you have a question or an issue you'd like us to tackle on the show. Hit the Ground Running is produced by Franz Bowen with help from Blake Odom. 